Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message.
Well, good morning. Welcome to our Sunday worship service. Pastor Cal here. And whether you're live streaming, watching online, or you're here in person, it's great to have you with us. Hey, you guys mingling in the foyer. It's time to come on into the worship center. We're about to get started. Now, we want to know who's with us, especially if this is your first or your second or so time. And there's a couple ways you can do that. If you have your phone with you, take it out now and scan the QR code that is on the screen. Everyone should do this. Or you can text the word CHURCH to our church phone number 306-249-0084. Both options will take you to our mobile home screen where you can fill out a connect card, you can send us any family news, uh, family updates, and you can register to serve there as well. Also, if you want to give financially to any of our ministries, you can do so with that app or you can also give using e-transfer. Or if you're here in the building, you can go to our information desk at the coffee station for debit and credit card giving. Now, if you click connect, you can also request information about any of our ministry areas or send us prayer requests. Now, if you're a bit older school, for those of you who are here in person, you'll notice that we have a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. On that connect card is a QR code, which you can use with your phone at any time, or if you would like to write out by hand your info and any questions you have or you'd like to pass on to us, you can fill that out and drop that off at the information area after service as well. Now, often we send out our important news and our updates through email and through our social media. So you can add yourself to our email list through that mobile app. Now, there's a few announcements I'd like to make as we begin our service. First, Alpha begins tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Alpha is a great way to introduce one to the Christian faith or to grow in your faith as you refamiliarize yourself with some of the basics and fundamentals. This will be presented both in person and online. Now, for those who come in person, we are planning to have a meal and we're going to do so in a safe way. You can register for Alpha by going to our website, ebenezerbaptist.ca, and under the Explore Faith tab, you'll find the Alpha link. Or you can register by either giving the office a call or stop by the info desk and leave your name at the coffee station. For women, our Going Deeper begins this coming Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. here in the church facility. Bring your own coffee and come on out to connect with other Ebenezer women. Finally, we normally celebrate communion on the first Sunday of the month. That would be today. But for this month, we've moved communion to next Sunday where we will take the Lord's Supper together and celebrate together on Thanksgiving Sunday. Well, I think that's it for me. Hey, Amanda, are you ready? Good? All right. Well, let's stand together as Amanda and her team leads us and as we continue to worship together. Have a great morning.
That song actually was written by uh, Phil Wickham during the pandemic this last year with, um, at first I thought I was talking about just coming to the house of the Lord, but he explained it how, you know, when we couldn't physically meet in a man-made house of God, um, he's talking about how it's you and it's me, believers in Christ, that uh, we are the church inside each of us is everything that we need to impact and change the world for God. That Jesus put inside us life everlasting, joy that can't be stolen. We may experience grief and pain as part of our life, but deeper than that is joy that Jesus has given. He's given a future and a hope. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are here right now and that we have the opportunity to worship you in freedom. Thank you for the hope of a future. Thank you for your joy, even in the midst of sadness, Father. Thank you for your peace, the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, Lord, that that is what you give to us. We receive that. Lord, may you be glorified this morning as we sing and shout out your praise as we be the hands and feet of Jesus. May you be honored in your holy name. Amen. How great a chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven spoke your name into the
Let's, let's pray together. So, Father, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you that we could worship you. Thank you for the giftedness of those who lead us. And now my prayer, God, is that in these next moments, that you, as only you can, that you would open our eyes, that you would open our minds, and that you would open our hearts to receive what we need to hear this morning. And I love that you're a God who who can somehow target a message and that uh, people can hear different things. That's exactly what they need to hear. So guide us as we, as we worship together and as we listen to you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. 
So I said this first service, I'll say it again, uh, second service. I, I really love when Amanda leads worship here. She does a great job. And Adriana, your, your energy is infectious. I, I, I wish that, uh, you know, we could just bottle you up and then just, this is the wrong terminology, inject you into everyone else to, you know, get some, you can get some life going here. So, so somehow we're going to change this culture. Like, worshiping, I mean, I would never go to a hockey game and sit as quietly as we sometimes, you know, sit here worshiping God. But that's another story. It's actually going to be next week's story, because that's what we're going to talk about. Okay, uh, so for those who don't know me, my name is Leighton. I serve as the lead pastor here at the church. I want to welcome you here today. It's good to see you. I want to welcome those that are online this morning. It's good to see you as well. Our fall series is, is called Taste It Again. And I know that there are some people that are, are new to us today, so let me just l- let you know what it's about. We're, it's based on the, on the verse found in Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, which says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's exactly what we want to do this fall as we kind of re-engage with the people of God, as we re-engage with God, as we re-engage with the mission of God and the family of God. It's, we need to taste again the goodness of God. And, and we say taste again because not only is it our natural human tendency to drift away from God, like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but these last 18 months have really accelerated and have accentuated this drift for most of us. Now, uh, this series is designed to be um, both instructional, but also experiential. And so if you're new here, this is what we've been doing. We've been doing a little bit of teaching, and then we've had an experiential component to the service because we want to, to kind of taste and, and bite into these things. And so that's what's going to happen. Last week, we had a taste of community. And we, we did that because we know that, that we see the goodness of God when we experience the community of faith, and we had a taste of that. Next week, we're going to, we're going to uh, taste um, the joy of worship um, during our Thanksgiving service because we know that when we, we see the goodness of God, when we take time to worship Him. And uh, let me just throw out a little plug here. The experiential part of that is going to be an open microphone here in the service. Now, I have some set people that are going to share, but we want some of you to kind of, um, you know, be bold enough to come up and share what you have come to know God as. Like, what's, what's His name to you? Is He the one that provides? Is He the one that loves? And we want to just be able to encourage one another because there's something incredibly powerful when, when His people declare His goodness in front of others. And it's going to encourage you. So if you're around next Sunday, uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great service. And if you're away um, at your hometown for Thanksgiving, I understand that. You can just always tune this in online as well if you want to see that. And then this week, today, what we're going to do is we're going to taste again the power of prayer because we uh, see the goodness of God when we experience the power of prayer. Now, let me just make a, a quick comment about a prayer. Prayer is not new to probably any of us. In fact, prayer is really one of those the most universal instincts of mankind. And most people, regardless of who you are, even atheists, at some point in our lives will cry out to God in prayer. As Martin Luther, um, well, but for Christians, I was going to say, but for Christians, the the prayer is is not just a cry of desperation. It's actually an essential part of who we are in our faith. It's a non-negotiable. As Martin Luther so famously stated, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That's how critical prayer is for us. And yet, having said that, 
many followers and probably some of you uh, find prayer to be a challenge, right? So last week we, we had a, a visual to kind of help us out. I, I threw another visual up here. You don't have to share this with anyone. It's just kind of for your own looking at. But I, I would like to know uh, how would, if you were to pick an image that would describe your prayer life today, what would you, do, what would you pick? And, and let me kind of walk you through some of these things and what I was thinking. So the one on the top left with a guy pushing the boulder up the hill. You see, prayers often counter our human nature. We are wired for independence, and, and we often rely on our own strength. And so for some of us, uh, you know, that's, uh, we don't pray because we're so busy kind of trying to do it on our own. Now, for some, uh, it's like the one below, where you have the treadmill with the, with the clothes on it. That is not my treadmill. I will want you to know that. Um, but, but it requires discipline. And so we know it's important to pray right? We hear that all the time, but we just don't get around to it, right? And then things kind of crowd us out, and then pretty soon we, we have a prayerless existence, and we're not doing what we know we need to do, and if it's good for us, we know that. And so it takes discipline. Sometimes it requires perseverance. You know, we, we get discouraged when, when God doesn't answer us the way we think he should, or in the timing that we think he, he should answer us. And so what happens is we get disheartened and we get discouraged. We think God's not listening to, to us. We think that he's either distant God or, and silent or our or prayers are just kind of hitting a ceiling. Some of us, um, you know, prayer is meant to be a time where we actually commune with God. It's where we, we walk with him and, and he with us. It's, it's, it's a relationship. But for some of us, our experience with prayer is desperation. It's when, when we have nowhere else to go and we are sinking. That's finally when we reach out and cry out to God. And I, I think that God in his grace still answers us, but just imagine if you're that friend, right? And, and the only time you ever hear from your friends is when you're there in desperate need. It, it probably gets old pretty quick, right? And so that's how some of us view, view prayer. So what I want to do today is, is I, want to, I want to give you four reasons well, I think uh, we need to pray. And uh, we're going to look at those four reasons. And there's many more, of course, but I'm just going to give you four this morning. And then I'm going to give you five uh, simple yet enduring truths that can help shape your prayer life and, and help you become a better prayer. And these five truths, by the way, are, are some of the things that, that, are, that I think through every time I pray that helped me to, to stay on track in my prayer life. So here's the, here's the first reason why uh, we need to pray, and it's, it's simply this. God calls his people to be a people of prayer. Now there's lots of verses on this. Um, scripture is, is very clear that, that prayer is vital to our faith. Uh, Romans, Paul, Paul writes about this all the time. Romans 12, 2. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction, which is nice for this season for us, right? And then to be faithful in prayer. Colossians 4, again, Paul's writing, he says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, rejoice always, pray continually, or pray without ceasing. You know, give thanks in every circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, one of the authors I, I've been reading and quoted from time to time is Dave Burring, and he has written a book called A Discipleship Journey, which some of us have gone through. And this is what he says about prayer. He says that history belongs to those who pray. That God has chosen to allow us to work with him 
in a place of prayer to influence the present and the future. And he goes on to say that certain things will come to pass if we pray, but also if we don't pray, some th- good things that God desire to happen do not. That's the place of prayer. And, and we know that's true. Like we, have, we can look through our own human history because lots of the great movements of God have been founded by people who began on their knees. Or we can look at the scriptures and we can see how, how prayer has a huge impact on that. You know, for example, we have the story of Joseph. And we know that Joseph's, Joseph was a man of prayer. And, and because he was faithful in praying and never gave up, God revealed things to him so that he got a place of status in a country that was able to rescue his people. We know that, that Esther um, was, was queen of Persia, and, and she became queen at, at a time where there was an attack against the, the nation of Israel. And she called her people to pray, and she prayed. And because of those prayers, God intervened, and the nation was saved. We look at the New Testament and we see uh, the church praying for people like Peter. And because they prayed for Peter, he miraculously was released from prison, escaped from prison by an angel and didn't die like he was supposed to. And we know Peter's significance for the founding of the church of which we're part of. And so all along we see that the people of God just praying and because that's what we need to do. God calls his people to pray. Now closely... W- to that, but different. The second thing, reason we pray is because God works through the prayers of his people. Um, we see again through scriptures that the, and history that God, he wants to work through his people, which means he wants to work through people like, like you and I. Now, I, let me give you some, some examples of this. One example that came to mind in scripture was story in Genesis 18. Some of you might know it. I'll just quickly refresh it. But it's a story of, of when, when God came down with his angels and spoke to Abraham about destroying the city of Sodom because of their wickedness. And, and what we don't always know was that Abraham actually interceded on behalf of the city of Sodom. And he said to God, God, would you, would you destroy a whole city if there's, if there's 50 righteous people in it? And God says, well, no, I wouldn't do that. And then I, I guess he says, well, God, then what about 45? Would you, would you destroy a city for five less people? And God said, well, no, I wouldn't do that. And then 40 and 35 and 30. And finally, it came down to 10 people. But the point is, is that Abraham was, was interceding on behalf of the, of the people of, the, of that city. If we turn over to Ezekiel, we see a different story. This time in Ezekiel 22, God's looking down. And he says, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. In other words, in that season, no one was willing to stand the gap. And God works through the prayers of his people. We know that in the New Testament again. So we see that, that Jesus came with his disciples. And one of the things he did at one point is he, he, he gave them authority. In other words, he gave them the power of God to go out. And it says in the scripture to... Um, uh, to that uh, power to over authority over impure spirits. And it says in verse 13 that they drove out many demons and they anointed many sick people with oil and, and healed them. Right? It's this amazing picture of God using his people to, to do his work. And by the way, uh, we have been given the same authority as the people of God. 
Uh, one famous quote, a guy named Edwin Harvey says, a day without prayer is a day without blessing. And a life without prayer is a life without power. And we don't want to be those people or have that life, do we? Here's a third reason why we pray. It's because God releases his power when, when we pray. He's chosen to include us in his mission and ministry to the world. Now, we're going to actually have an example of this this morning in our experiential time. And it's based on the, the book of James chapter 5. And it's talking about when people get sick. And it says, is any of you, among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And that prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they sin, they, they be, they'll be forgiven. And then it goes on to say, from just the elders to all of us, it says, therefore, you, the people of God, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you could be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, some of you might be saying, well, yeah, I'm not that righteous person. <laughs> I'm just a normal person. But, but here's how, how God defines righteous. Is if, is if you have become a follower of Jesus Christ, God has made you righteous based on Jesus Christ. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a righteous person that can pray prayers of healing and anointing over others. It's an incredible thing because God wants to release his prayers, his power when, when people pray. This another verse that is well known that actually God um, brought to my heart was Second Chronicles 7.14. If you've grown up in the church, you probably heard this verse many times. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, I, I was thinking about this verse and um, when it says to humble itself, the opposite of being humble, of course, is pride. And at the core of, 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 of being pr uh, proudful is, is a belief that we don't need God. That somehow that we can make it on our own strength. And humility is actually the opposite of that. It's, it's stopping to strive on our own strength to, to succeed and turning to God for help. Now, we're all, the problem is, is that we're all fiercely wired for this independence. Okay, right from birth. Like he, so if, you had, if you've ever had kids, think of that three or four-year-old trying to tie a shoe. And they're, they're not, they can't get it right. And you go, can I help you? And it's like, wow, do it myself, right? Like, that's how we, how we do things. And I know for my life, I'm, it's not just a three-year-old thing. I remember my third year of university. Um, I, was, I was working part-time as a youth pastor in Warham, and I moved out there, attending university while I was doing that. And how do I put this nicely? Uh, the church uh, paid me very modestly. <laughs> and, and so I didn't have enough money to cover my, even my living expenses while I was working out there. But I, I was used to being on my own. And so it got down to the point where I literally did not even have a single kernel of macaroni in my house to my name. And I was hungry, and I didn't know what to do. And I was embarrassed to call for help, because that's how we are, right? Because that's our pride. And I remember calling home finally, and I said, like, Mom and Dad, and I've been independent for a long time. I go, I need your help. I, I'm broke. I have no food. Is there any way you can help me out? I love my dad's response. He just laughed. He goes, oh, we're surprised it took you this long to call. <laughs> you know, because, you know, people know, dads know, and, and, and families know what the need is. 
And, and, and I wonder if sometimes that's how God is looking at us. He can see us struggling with our shoelaces, or he can see the need that we're trying to, to succeed in our own, and he's going, if you just ask for help, like, I'm here, I'm waiting for you. And, and uh, when we, call, we come to him and we're just like, well, I'm sorry, God, I, it's like, I'm surprised it took you this long. You know, maybe it's time for us to, to, to smarten up in those areas. When it says to seek my face in that verse, you see, often what we do is we come to God with this list. And that's not what it means to seek God's face. To seek God's face means that we, we actually wait for him to speak and we listen to him. And we, we take time to get to know him so that we can understand his heart and, and see him. And then turn from the wicked ways. We need to recognize that, that sometimes our lives are a barrier to, to God's answered prayer. That if we have things in our life that are holding back, God wants us to deal with that and come back to him. And then, he's, and then he'll hear us. And so that's what it says. You know, when we do these things, when we humble ourselves and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then... Then he hears from heaven with open ears, and that means with a willingness to respond. And he, he forgives our sin, and I love how that starts, because often we, we want to work for the physical right away. You remember when that guy was dropped down in front of Jesus, uh, and the house uh, roof opened up? What did Jesus say to the, the man that was sitting there? His first words were, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> and then he healed him. And, and here's why I think that that's true and why God always starts with the spiritual is because physical is always temporary, but spiritual is eternal. And God's always more concerned with the eternal than he is with the temporary. And, and he'd, rather, he'd rather you be made right with God than to be physically whole again. That's how important it is to him. And then it says that he will heal their land. And, and this is why this captured me. Because I think our land needs a healing. And, and not just from the pandemic, that too. But our land needs a healing. And I'm wondering if God isn't calling the church to say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from the wicked ways and, and, and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then he's just waiting for us to do that so that he can do his work in this land. Fourth, God calls his people to be spiritual intercessors. And uh, it says in, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, and, and the context is, is really it's speaking to culture, to the world, not just to the church. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And he defines what that all people means. He talks about kings and people in authority. Then he goes on to say that I want all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of, of truth. So God wants us to be, to be praying prayers for the world around us. Ephesians 6.18 is for the church. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayers and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And the reason why I think that, that we need to be praying and interceding for others is because there's a spiritual battle that's raging among us. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, or vaxxers or non-vaxxers, or liberals or conservatives, or whatever else you want to put in that box, but it, it's actually against rulers and authorities 
and powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places or that heavenly realm that we don't always see. And that's the problem, is we don't always see it. And so we're naive to what's really happening around us, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. And, and in our naivety, we can go into spiritual battles uh, without spiritual weaponry, and that will never work. And God wants us to go in with the weapon of prayer. So this Tuesday, I get to speak to junior youth. So pray for me. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a stretch. I, I know it. But uh, but I actually used to be, you know, the, the junior high youth pastor even here. And I have some fond memories, or a fond memory, <laughs> of uh, of working with junior high. And that was around summertime when we'd have water fights. And I, we always used to do that. And and for some reason, the youth always wanted to gang up on me. I don't I don't know why. I'm a nice guy. But, uh, you know, over the years, I, I began to put together quite a, um, like my own little arsenal of, of water war things. So I would, I would, I would kind of have a whole, um, like, pail of, of water balloons, and I, I attached them to my belt hoop so, so I could, so it was like grenades, I could launch them at kids when they came at me, right? And then uh, I also had, we used to have these um, uh, old, like, water uh, fire su- suppression jerry can things, and you could pump them up and get some pressure in them. And so I would, I would fill those up with water, and I'd have two I'd be carrying around like this to, to, to my spot where it's going to hide. And then I also had, now I know they have better water guns now, but, but back then this was the state of the art. I had, I had a pump Uzi that I could really like soak kids with. And then for the for the hand to hand combat, I had two battery powered um, water guns that I would I would fill with water and some bad cologne. <laughs> Not only would they stink, but, but when I shot them in the eyes, it would sting and it would throw them off a bit. <laughs> so that, that's a true statement. And so what would happen is, is these, these kids, especially, I love the grade seveners, right? Because they're kind of, they're just not aware. I, if you're a grade seven, I'm sorry about that. But, but uh, so, and they would come and they wouldn't be prepared, so they grab one of my water guns that I had, like a little single-shot squirt gun, right? And they come running around the, t- the corner like this, and they go to, you know, to squirt me, and I'd be there like Pastor Rambo <laughs> with, with all my stuff ready to go, and I would just lay loose on them, and they'd be, what are you got in there? And they're crying because of the, the cologne. Should I be saying that online? I'm not even sure. <laughs> that, was, that was the old days. Uh, I would never do that anymore. So here's, here's my point. When we engage in spiritual battle against the authorities and against the powers of darkness and the forces of evil in the spiritual realm without prayer, we're like that grade seven naive student coming around the corner with a little single shot, you know, water squirter into a gun battle. That, that's just what happens. And yet so often that's what we do. There's a spiritual battle out there. So, that's a few reasons why we need to pray. And, and I would just want to say that, that prayer is, is the most important activity of your life. Not just for those reasons, because prayer is actually meant to be this, this dialogue with God where we know Him and He knows us. I found a quote that I, I loved. It's by a guy named Sam, Samuel Chadwick, and this is what he said. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies or prayerless work 
or prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Now again, the problem is, is that not everyone in this room or listening today online has experienced the power of prayer like this, even though it's one of our, our universal instincts. And so that's why what I want to do to close is I want to give you five truths about prayer that can help counter the lies that you've been believing so that you could become a person who prays and prays effectively. Now you're going to see as I, as I share these things, you're going to go, this is nothing new. <laughs> but, but, you know, usually it's, it's not the new things that are going to make a difference to us. It's executing those things that we always know. And so here's the first one. And these, as I mentioned, are, are things that I actually think through in my life. I keep on reminding myself of because I need to. And here's the first one. Our God is a living God who hears us when we pray. And, you know, he hears the prayers of, of the world. It says in Psalm 145, The Lord is near to all who call on him, who call on him with truth. Which means that if you're here today and you have no faith in God, if at one point you call out to him in truth, he's going to listen to you. He's going to hear you. Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. You see, at, at the most basic, prayer is a cry for help. And God is attentive. Uh, God's ears are attentive to his children's prayer. Now, just think, if you're a parent, you understand this, and if you're not, you'll, you'll figure it out one, at one point. But let's just imagine, if we had a room here full of, of parents and young kids, young babies, okay? And they'd be just crying, 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 and all of a sudden, the mom would stop, oh, that's my kid. Because <laughs> a mom knows what their kid sounds like, right? Mom's out there, you're, you're not in, in agreement, Okay? And then we keep on going here, and all of a sudden there's a cry, and you go, that's my kid, but it's not important. <laughs> because because that, that's not a serious cry. And, and, and somehow we, we know that. So I, I, love, I love this imagery of, of being a, a dad and, and of being a, a, a one of God's sons. It says in Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. You see, Paul exhorts us to pray in order to have our needs met. Philippians 4, 6, you know this verse. Um, Do not be anxious about anything. Right? So if you're anxious today, which a lot of us are, this is a verse for us. Instead, in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we, we pray because our God is the living God who hears us when we pray. Second, God is able and eager to answer the prayers of his people. One of the verses that you'll, you'll hear me pray time and time again, from up front here, if I'm praying for you and other places, it's kind of a real theme verse for me. And it just says this, uh, Jeremiah 32, 7. Ah, sovereign Lord, you created the heavens and the earth by the great power of your outstretched hand. Nothing is too difficult for you. I, I love that verse because it reminds me every time I walk out and see the beauty of God's creation and sometimes you're just in, in wonder of it, right? And you think, my God created this 
And because he proved his power in nature, I can trust him when he says nothing is too difficult for me. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. In the New Testament, it puts it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask. And God, God has promised that he would, he would answer us. In, in fact, it even says in Scripture that the the Father knows our needs before we even ask, which begs the question, well, if he knows our needs, why do we have to ask? Why does he just meet those needs? And I think the reason for that is because uh, God has decided to tie our needs to prayer because of the independent and self-sufficient old nature in us that always wants to do life apart from God. And so when I, I'm forced to pray, it helps me stay connected with God. And then James 4, 2 simply says this, you do not have because you do not, have, do not ask. Third, uh, we have a good father who wants to give us good gifts. Now again, I, I love the imagery of a good father. And I love the imagery of sonship and daughtership. Luke 11 says it this way. Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if you asked for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, um, I know I'm not a perfect father. I'm waiting for my kids to stand up and contradict that, but, oh, they're not here today, so I guess that's all right. Um, I know I'm not a perfect father, but I also know how I treat my children. And I love to buy them gifts. And in fact, I've already bought them, my boys, some gifts for Christmas I know that they're going to need and love. And I know what I'm, else I'm going to get them for Christmas. I already had that, that down because I know that. And, I, and I'm thinking, if I, as a, as a human evil father, know how to give appropriate gifts to my son, how much more would our loving, perfect, heavenly father give appropriate gifts to us as children? Things that we don't, like the gifts they're getting, they don't even know what they, that they need them. <laughs> but, but I know that they need them, right? And then if I, as a, imperfect heaven, earthly father know how to give good gifts to my sons, how much more will a heavenly perfect father give good gifts to us as children? And he's proven that time and time again. A and one of the greatest gifts he's ever given us is, is the gift of his son. It says in Romans 8.32, He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? You see, um, what God proves that, that he loves us by giving us his son. And let's not miss the depth of his love for his children. Fourth, it's because uh, we are in a spiritual battle and prayer is the most powerful if, uh, if, if, and often the only weapon to help us gain victory over the spiritual forces at work against us. Now, I've already talked about this from one side. I want to talk about just from the other side. In other words, I think what's, what's happening is God is saying that... Um, that God will not move and we will not experience spiritual victory unless we pray. And often it's prayer and fasting, like it's a special type of prayer. Again, there's a story in the Bible in Mark 9 and Jesus had come down from the mountain of transfiguration and he comes to this wonderful experience with, with uh, his heavenly father down back to earth and he sees his disciples struggling over some healing. And there was healing around some some de a demonized child. And 
And it says that when Jesus came down and he, he said some words, he rebuked the spirit, and, and that, that spirit came out and the boy was healed. And later on, uh, the disciples, when they got indoors, they pulled him aside and they said, why couldn't we drive the spirit out? And Jesus' response to them was this, this kind can only come out by prayer, and most versions have, and fasting. And so here's my takeaway from this passage, one that I try to remind myself time and time again. There are, there are times in the battle, and when I say the battle, I'm just talking about life, where um, the challenges on this earth are too great for our human strength to overcome. Sometimes they're even too great uh, for normal, everyday prayers to overcome. And they need actually special attention. You know, maybe that for you is, is the salvation of a family member who you've been praying for over and over again, and there seems to be nothing. It's because you can't change that person. That, that's a spiritual battle issue. Or, or maybe it's, it's the return of someone who has, who has wandered away from the faith. Or, or maybe it's a, it's a broken relationship. Or maybe it's spiritual bondage that's holding you captive. And you're going, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried to get rid of this and I never can. It's because, it's because in those moments, we actually need to engage God in, in different ways. And that is often through fasting and prayer. I'm wondering again if this is a season for the church where we need to put into practice the ancient practice of fasting and prayer to show God um, that we, we're serious and to rely on his strength in these times. The last one I want to look at is, is, through, um, is, that is through Jesus we have direct access to the Father. It says in Ephesians 2.18, For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. In other words, we have access to God through the Son. And Jesus invites us to share in the relationship that he has with his Father. And he tells us to pray, our Father in heaven. But I also need to remember that not only am I praying to my Father, Abba Father in heaven, I'm praying to the one who created the universe. And, and this, this God is both Father and transcendent over time and space and power. And sometimes I actually even imagine myself I don't know if you ever do this, but I imagine myself entering into the throne room of the one who created the whole universe. And I'm there because of Jesus' righteousness in his blood. And, and this is what it says in Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so we get to enter the privilege of entering into the God's throne room. That's what I want to teach today. Now, what I want to do is we're going to shift to the experiential side. Okay, so you ready? We're going to put into practice some of these things. And my hope and my prayer is actually that, that God's going to meet us in a way that, that surprises us, that, that something supernatural is going to happen in your life because of this. So here's what we're going to do this morning. You have three options. Option number one, if you want to receive prayer, and that means for whatever, whatever you want to receive prayer for, maybe you're there's a physical ailment. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Maybe you're spiritually struggling. You just want someone to pray for you. We have a, a group of, of our church elders and leaders who are going to be in the hospitality room, which is right across the hallway. And they're ready to, to, to come and listen to your prayer request and pray for you. And their promise is that they'll pray with God's power 
and they'll keep that request as, as a gift and, and something private. So you don't have to worry about it being shared. Okay? Option number two is you have the option to, to be an in- intercessor for other people. And in our chapel, which is just like across this hallway over here, we have, we're going to have four groups of people um, praying intercessory prayers. And so one of the groups Pastor Kell is going to be leading is a prayer for our family and friends, especially those that have wandered away from the faith or aren't Christians yet. And so that might be, if that's your heart, you need to find Pastor Kell and just say, I, I want to pray. Let's pray together. And there'll be a group of you with the same heart. Another uh, Pastor Grace is going to be leading us in a prayer for the church. And, and the church needs prayer. Leaders need prayer. Uh, Wes, Pastor Wes is going to be leading us in a time of praying for the leaders in our country. And then Angeli Sethi is going to be leading us in a time of prayer for, for truth and reconciliation. Okay, and so if that's your interest and you want to pray and intercede, you go to the chapel. Okay, so hospitality center, chapel. The third option is this. You stay in here, and, and we're going to go through an exercise on listening to God through a virtual prayer walk that I put together. And uh, first service went very well. You need to know that. Like, like people were engaged, and, and it's, a, it's something where, where God can begin to speak to us. Okay, so I know it's, it's 11.54 right now, and uh, we want it, we're probably kind of, we're hoping to go 12.15, you know, just to be able to get some stuff in. And if you have to go, I, I understand, but don't, don't rob yourself of what God might want to do. Okay, so I'm going to pray and dismiss you. Option number one is to be prayed for in the hospitality center, to pray for others in the chapel, to listen to God, and to pray and hear quietly by yourself. No one else will be listening to you. Okay, let me pray. So God, thank you for this time. Uh, I pray now that as we put into practice what we've just heard, that you would reach us and meet us and surprise us with your power and your grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, there you go. We're going to start the slideshow in here in exactly one minute. Oh yeah, and also online, if you're, if you're watching online, you do have the option to, to receive prayer if you want to click on some of the icons there, but also we're going to show the, the virtual prayer journey right online as well. my mic on again yeah so i'm just curious how, how many people have ever like practiced or gone on a prayer walk just just so i can see if you've you've gone on a prayer walk before so the majority haven't okay so let me just kind of explain what this is it's it's a very different way of, of doing things uh, often when we come to god we come with our lists this is the opposite it's we come to god without an agenda and we, and our, our step of faith is, God, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to pray about? How do you want me to respond? And so um, I, I've, I never used to do prayer walks, but I've, I've done a lot more in the last maybe 10 years or so. 
And we'll, I'll even walk around the church here and, and just walk into the different rooms and just find myself just praying for the things. And God will br just bring stuff to mind. And I, I will walk around the church sometimes. And sometimes I'll walk in the community. I've driven to other parts of the city and just walked around and, and just began to pray with my eyes wide open. And when we've done this with staff and with other groups, what we've discovered is, is that as we've come back and I ask the question, so how did God direct you to pray? There's some similar themes. Like, like God was speaking to us in similar ways, which is actually really, really encouraging. And so uh, there are some themes that emerge in the first service. I'm, I'm going to be curious if those same themes emerge in the second service. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, on this screen, there's going to be a series of, of images. And uh, they're going to last for about 25, 30 seconds. And then we're going to move on to the next image. So, um, and then, so you just start praying. And if God brings something to mind, start praying for it. And if, and if God really, you know, touches your heart on something and you go, I just need to bow my head and pray. Don't worry about the other images. You've seen what you need to see. You know, just start praying for that and come back when you're ready to do that. Okay? So these images are meant to, to prompt and spark prayers. And I try to capture different aspects of this, of this city and the times that we're in. Okay? So uh, here you can see, here's our prayer. God, just a second, back it up one. God, open my eyes to what you want me to see and then direct my prayers. Help me to see your heart and understand your mind and ways. And so we're going to put some music in the background and you can just watch the screen and let's have a journey together. Okay, thank you for going on that virtual journey with us. Uh, I have here, why don't you take a moment and share with a few people around you, but what I was wondering is if, if any one of you, and then we have a microphone at the back here that we can bring around, like did God Im impress something on you that you go, this, this is kind of what God was seemed to be saying? And let's just, maybe let's hear and see what, what people are, are thinking. Maybe it'll be, that's exactly what I was praying for as well. Would someone be bold enough to, to share something? We'll get the microphone over here. I just felt uh, God calling me to pray for um, people in the pandemic and just for unity between those with different beliefs and how um, just pray that we can look beyond those beliefs and join together as a church family and not be divided over this issue, but just to come together in love and remember that we follow the same God regardless of how um, we feel directed to respond to the pandemic. Okay, thank you. Anyone else want to share anything? I know it's, it's awkward. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But, you know, if, if there was something that, ca that came out. We, we can hear you.
Thank you, parents. Anyone else? Yeah, right over here. And I'll just share a couple of thoughts that, that um, came from the first service as well and just see if they resonate with you and then we'll just close in prayer and wrap up. Uh, I, guess I just wanted to share that um, throughout all the slides and the different images that I was reminded to be thankful. I was just, although it brought up memories of challenges and difficulties this past 18 months has been, that in everything, God has still been good and even in the pictures, the diversity that we have, all the different people, the freedom we have to express uh, what we feel and how God has made us all different, but to be thankful in all of that diversity and the unity and the love, that, uh, that's what I was really impressed okay. with. Good. In the first service here, some of the things that came out is uh, uh, we, we were struck by the brokenness of people. And, and what we said was that somet sometimes people's brokenness is obvious and sometimes it's not, but we're still broken people. And, and with that came, so, so what's God's role in this? And one person felt like, you know, it, it's, still, it's still the church, it's the hope of the world, as flawed as it is. Um, because... You know, what, you know, human ingenuity, government programs, whatever you want, that's not going to solve the disunity and the brokenness and the pain and hurt. Like, it's not. So, so you know, that's what it is. And then, and then we also said that the part of that is also, like, like I felt, so I had put this show together, <laughs> yet, yet God spoke to me in a different way as I watched it. And one of the things that, that caught me off guard was, was I felt both, compassion and I felt I felt um, that you know I, I saw some of the things in there and I thought the church has caused hurt in this and we need to we need to repent and change our attitude and rather than judge people we need to come and, and seek to understand and to love like there's a role the church plays because if we're saying one thing about who God is that he's the hope of the world and we're acting like he's not that that's going to be you know, that's going to be a challenge for us. And so, you know, I think we, we, we kind of captured around the brokenness of people and how Jesus still is the answer, you know, for that. So, you know, this is just one of the ways that we can begin to pray. And, and, and when we do that, it's amazing. God might put something on your heart and you might go, I need to act on this. And, and just because we're listening to God. Uh, our whole next sermon series after this one is called Hearing God. And we're going to learn how to, to listen to God's voice and, and to respond to him in obedience. Okay, so if you want to chat more with the people around you, that's great. Um, if you want to come up and share some things with me, that's great. I want to say thank you for coming. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.